1: So thinking about this plan, if you were doing this, what would you know about yourself?
2: That I was taking care of myself, taking care of my business, and not relying on a credit card or something else to help me out, which is amazing that I was doing this all and moving money around and taking uh, control over a situation that sometimes feels out of control.
3: Welcome to the Money Skills for Therapists podcast, where we answer this question, How can therapists and health practitioners go from money shame and confusion to feeling calm and confident about their finances and get money really working for them in both their private practice and their lives? I'm your host, Lindsay Bonham, therapist turned money coach and creator of the course Money Skills for Therapists. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. So today's podcast episode is with Donna Peters. Donna is a graduate of Money Skills for Therapists, and this is one of our coaching sessions. So Donna went back to school after her youngest started school himself and finished her her undergrad, which she had not done before. At the time, she was also volunteering at a domestic violence clinic, and one of the women there said to her, this is obviously your calling, you need to go into social work. So she went on to do her master's in social work, and as she put it, she's enjoyed every minute and has never looked back. She works for a group practice and does some online work and also is looking at moving more into private practice. So Donna and I's conversation today is around a very familiar pain point for those of us in private practice, which is weathering those slumps that happen. The summer slump when suddenly all of your clients are off having wonderful summer vacations and the December slump when they're off with their families and suddenly your income hits the floor. We explore how to build a buffer in anticipation of this and plugging this into the system she already has. Uh, notably in this episode because most of donna's income is as an employee of a group practice we are exploring actually how she can work with this issue at home because she gets paid a paycheck from group practice so if you're in group practice and if sometimes it feels like these private practice things don't quite apply to you this is going to absolutely apply to you because we had to figure out how to solve this problem for donna not in her private practice but actually in her home finances to be able to weather these ups and downs so here is my coaching session with donna peters
1: All right, Donna, welcome. Thank you for coming today.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: So Donna, you came on today that the question that you submitted um, is about basically weathering the summer slump, like that summer income drop. Can you tell me more about what's going on with that?
2: I have always noticed that July and August, the first weeks of August, really, there was a huge drop in clients coming in. And of course, when school starts, you get a huge influx of clients coming back. But it seems like this year, there was a huge drop. And that was probably because everybody was like, "Yay, we're free, we can go. But I was not expecting that big of a drop where I really had to dip into my savings account to cover things. And yes. I was, that's very scary. When you start having to do that kind of stuff and it's like, well, how do I cushion myself for these type of situations, especially since I know another one's coming up in December?
1: Yeah. There are these like natural ups and downs in mm-hmm. the season. And as you say, it's COVID and everybody's going outside and having fun for the first time in a long right. time.
2: In a long um, time. But when you have a really good steady income yeah. where you see all these different clients and all of a sudden they're like, I am going on vacation. I will see you in Whenever. Mm -hmm. And you don't know if they are going to come back or not because now they have all this freedom and they're like using their coping skills that they've been used to in the past. Right. Yeah. They're building those up again. So they might not be coming back. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, oh, okay, where where am I going to find all these new clients? How am I going to reinvest in all this?
1: Yes. So my, my brain is kind of going two directions. So you tell me which one would be more helpful first. One is kind of like the policy side of it, of how your practice is, is set up and mm-hmm. questions for you there, or we can think about creating a financial buffer, which one would be more helpful for you?
2: Probably the financial buffer, because I think there's still some COVID laws still in place where they, they don't have to pay cancellation fees. I think those are still in place.
1: Okay. Because these are insurance-based clients. Yes.
2: Okay. Okay.
1: Okay. So let's talk about the financial buffer side of it. So during the year, how are you managing your money? What is that looking like right now? How do you manage the money in your business?
2: What I do is I take 30% because I have a group practice I'm still part of. Yes. And then I still have a telehealth, which I'm almost... I am so proud of myself that I whittled down to very few clients. So I'm not overworking I'm not that burnout anymore. And what I do with that money is I automatically take 40% because I want to have a little bit more cushion for taxes after the end of the year, Yes, because 30% is a great amount, but 40 will give me a little bit extra. And I know I'm not touching that money whatsoever because that's not my money.
1: Yes. Right. Okay. So that 30% you mentioned in group practice, is that what you're paying to the group practice? Is that what you mean? Or that's what you're setting aside for taxes from your group?
2: That's what I'm setting aside for taxes. Okay. Great. The tele, I always call that one, the telemedicine, the telemedicine part of the job. Yeah. I just set that aside for my, just in case of emergency money, I really, because there's not that much money coming in lately because of me scaling back.
1: Okay. So from your group practice income, then you're sending 30% to taxes from your telemedicine. You're basically using that as kind of like a little emergency fund.
2: Yeah. Telemedicine, I'm taking 30% off and then using the rest for set aside for just in case money.
1: Okay. The rest, the but, remaining yeah. 70% is just in case money.
2: Right. Because okay. uh, the group practice is a W-2 company. So I don't have to worry about taxes whatsoever.
1: Okay. Okay. I see. Right. So with the group practice, then you are kind of being paid as an employee. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're not necessarily able to kind of manage how much you get paid. You get paid whatever you've kind of earned in that period right. of time. Right.
2: I get a percentage of what I earn.
1: Okay. And so with that, if we were talking about a private practice, Donna, actually, you know what? With that though, you are are you getting paid, it's a W2, so you're getting paid right to your personal bank account. Mm-hmm. If that was your own practice, like if if we were talking about you being out on your own, there'd be a different way of managing this, right? Which is kind of like okay. you might make and have the money to pay yourself 4000 in a month, but you pay yourself like 3500 right? Mm-hmm. That's how we would manage it in a practice. But I, I, see, I see how this would be extra painful because it's kind of like you're getting a paycheck and then suddenly your paycheck starts to really suck. It really
2: sucks bad.
1: Yeah. Okay. So this is more actually about how you manage the money at home in this case. Mm-hmm. So how do you manage money at home when it comes in the door?
2: I have my own personal bills and I just take care of those. Okay.
1: Take care of your personal bills. And then is there any saving that happens?
2: Yeah, that's automatically taken out. I take it out at the very beginning of every paycheck.
1: Okay, great. And what are you saving for?
2: I have no idea. I just do it. Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, that's an interesting thing right there. So these would be the savings that you actually dipped into
2: this summer. That's my savings I dip Mm -hmm. into when, because I've been trying to start a private practice, but because of during COVID and the telemedicine, that got huge. Yes, so yes, I was never able to really start a private practice because the telemedicine component took up so much.
1: Yes. And and are you still looking to eventually start a private practice?
2: Yes. I'm okay. still in the process of doing that. And that's why mm-hmm. I still have this overhead right. of, you know, simple practice, a phone, which I do get phone calls and I do get people who want to be part of my private practice. Okay. But if they have insurance, then I just move them into the group practice.
1: Okay. Okay. So coming back to this piece about how do you manage these ups and downs,
2: mm-hmm. I am
1: hearing that you already have a savings system at home, but it's saving for savings. Right. It's savings for savings.
2: Mm-hmm. Is that okay. rainy day savings account that like, oh, I have extra money. I can use it for here.
1: Right. Okay. So I'm curious, is the summer a rainy day?
2: It feels like a ringing day because you just, it really does because you yeah. don't have the normal, like, like a normal amount of money that you're used to coming in. And all of a yes. sudden it's cut in half. You're like, whoa.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause what I would suggest uh, is like, because you are getting paid a paycheck and there's this W2 situation, you are going to have to manage that money at home. But the way to manage it would be to kind of squirrel away a little bit of those high times. So Mm -hmm. when the low times come, you're like, I plan for this. Here's my summer, you know, my summer slump fund. Right.
2: Right. It still is like, I don't want to touch my savings. Yes. Okay. So (laughs) tell
1: me, tell me about that. Tell me about not wanting to touch your savings.
2: Because it's like that Nest egg that it's like, no, I don't want to spend use that money Mm -hmm. because I don't, it's kind of like you know that that plate that you put in your cabinet and say that I'm gonna use that for a special occasion. Special
1: occasion, yes, yes.
2: It's that my special occasion plate, but I use my special occasion plate all the time. Right. Because, but my money is a totally different story.
1: Uh-huh. Right. So what would be the special occasion that would warrant those savings being spent?
2: I guess if I, if I could not pay, I couldn't pay for something like okay. my rent or something like that.
1: Okay. So it's like emergency money. Mm-hmm. Right. But the summer, the summer is not necessarily an emergency because you see it coming. Right. So I wonder, Donna. Like, what would it be like if every time you got paid, you squirreled away some money, planning for the summer? Good.
2: I see what you're saying. That it's just seeing it differently. Like, this is not really an emergency. This is just. This mm-hmm. is just part of the game. Mm-hmm.
1: It's like you know. Um, mm-hmm. And it sounds like, based on the fact that you're in insurance, like having a robust cancellation policy, which can help to offset this in private pay, isn't possible right now. Potentially, that's something to mm-hmm. still look at. So you know that naturally there's going to be this decline, and especially July, mm-hmm. kind of like a like a six week decline, like July and two two weeks of August.
3: That's
1: it. And I yeah. will tell you, this happens like across the board in so many types of businesses, except for right. like people who sell like I don't know, like beach inflatables. They're <laughs> too <laughs> The inside people. This is normal. So yeah. So if you did expect this, and if this was just a normal, neutral event, a normal low in the year, what would it look like? How would you be saving for it?
2: By probably putting a little bit extra in closer it got to the summertime, okay. So that I would know that, like, if I was doing it in in the springtime, like, okay, we need to put a little bit extra because summer's coming up, but we don't know what that summer is going to look like. If it's mm-hmm. going to be a really hot summer, then People are going to be out. Yes.
1: So based on your experience, how much does it tend to drop in the summer?
2: I wasn't expecting it to drop this much. I think that's what kind of threw me.
1: Because this was, did you say like a 50% drop?
2: I almost want to say 60 to 70% drop. Okay.
1: Huge drop.
2: It was a huge drop.
1: Okay. So... Being concrete about it, how much money would you have needed to have to kind of just cover you through these six weeks?
2: Probably to feel comfortable, about two thousand.
1: Okay, so it would be having two thousand dollars saved.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, and so those two thousand dollars, like I'm hearing, there would be this one plan could be you save for it, kind of as it's coming, like like in mm-hmm. the spring. Do you mean winter? Well, spring?
2: adding a little bit more in the spring just to make it a little bit bigger or make the pot mm-hmm. a little bit bigger. Yeah.
1: I mean, another way you could look at it, Donna, is kind of with your paychecks. What is the paycheck amount that's like, that's enough and that covers for my home and that gives me that extra and there's kind of extra on top of it and putting Mm -hmm. away that extra, right? So if you know that you need $2,500 a month to cover your bills and be comfy Mm -hmm. and you get a paycheck for $2,900, you automatically put that $400 into your summer fund.
2: That makes sense. I never thought of it like that.
1: Because then rather than potentially having to like, squeak away those savings on a, on a tougher month, you kind of like, you're taking the fat off the top.
2: Yeah. That makes more sense.
1: How yeah. would that feel for you? Do you think emotionally if you did that?
2: I think I'd feel much better about it emotionally. It's still, it's like, I hate using my savings account. I think I was just taught, don't touch savings, whatever mm-hmm. you do, don't touch your savings. That right. savings is supposed to be there. Okay.
1: Okay. So what if this wasn't a savings account
2: and just a checking account
1: or it's a savings account that holds your summer fund?
2: Yeah. And then I would probably use that only in the summer then. Mm -hmm. Because
1: what I'm hearing is there's a specific story about savings. Can you tell me a little
2: bit more about that story about savings? It was just like 20, I can't believe this, 27 years ago, Mm -hmm. when I got married, my husband and I really sat down and talked about what we wanted to do with our money. And one of them was, because my family was not very good with money and his was, was like, we're going to do this with our savings and savings is not to be touched. Okay. And so I've always had that. And ever since I had a job where I was like, I always had this savings account. And I would, if I needed the money, then like, this is an emergency. I need to pay this bill mm-hmm. then I'd put it in there. But as soon as I had enough money, I'd put it back right back in.
1: And is there like a certain number you try to keep your savings at, or is it just whatever
2: it's at? Whatever it's at. As long as, well, I should take that back. As long as it's not under like a certain amount, a certain okay. amount makes me kind of go, oh God. <laughs> so
1: there's a minimum you want to see. Mm-hmm. Can you right. tell me what that number is that you want to see?
2: The The minimum amount? or yeah. The, the minimum, minimum amount is like $500 where I'm like, oh, this hurts. Yep. Yeah.
1: Okay. So you always want to see it above $500. Mm-hmm. And then if you take money out, you put the money back in.
2: I always put the money back in.
1: Okay. Okay. So I'm hearing that that's, that's kind of a, a rule that you and your husband established.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm wondering, is there any cost to that?
2: rule emotionally for myself. Cause I'll beat mm-hmm. myself up if I take it out or if it right. gets low, I won't right. beat myself up like nobody's business.
1: Okay. Right. Because what does it mean about you? If you took money from it?
2: I think it means that I've wasted away money. You're wasting money. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: So with this Donna, like what I'm wondering is it seems like it's a bit of a bind, right? It's like you have this mechanism and you are saving and you do save, but then you're not allowed to touch or use it. And if you do have to use it, then it's like, it's a failure. You're wasting the
2: money. Right.
1: How else could you possibly think about savings?
2: That it's there for very specific reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like and if I wanted to buy a pair of shoes or something fancy and I put it aside just for that, then I would mm-hmm. save just for that.
1: Right. So like earmarking it for specific things.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And what would it be like, do you think, to save money for like a pair of shoes and then when you have that money, be able to buy the pair of shoes. What would that be like emotionally?
2: I'd be fine with that. Yeah. It's just a little one that doesn't go down a certain amount, then I'm, I'm
1: okay. Right. Okay. So there's <laughs> still that minimum. And Correct. we all have those numbers, right? And they're just kind of random numbers usually. And sometimes those numbers could creep up too. I will say like the more we have, we're like, well, that's the new minimum. It's also very stressful. Thinking about this summer slump, what if rather than it being savings, you had like a specific account that's for the summer slump?
2: I could do that. And I can do that
1: for just like slump month. Yeah, Right. There's December as well. Right. Right. For those low months. Because as I say, Donna, like if this was just within your private practice and and when you are in your own solo practice, which I do know you're going to be, you could manage this differently. Like what I would advise and what I teach in the course, right. Is like, Mm -hmm. if you have those high months and you make more, you still pay yourself that same normal, reliable paycheck. And then Mm -hmm. that means on the low months, there's extra money there to pay yourself. Right. Right. Because you're that W2, you don't have the ability to do that. You can't make them pay you less, you know, on a higher month, but mm-hmm. you can, you can mimic that at home. Right. Right. Where you're consciously putting away money for the normal things that you know are going to happen. Mm-hmm. and thinking about it practically, how would you do that? Do you have a separate bank account? Would you just keep track of it on a post-it note somewhere? How would you know that money is for their, your slump months?
2: I mean, it definitely would definitely open a different account and just, yeah. not admit, just put it in there. Okay. It's just easier for me to transfer it that way. Yes.
1: Okay. And I'm hearing $2,000 for the summer. Mm-hmm. And then what about for December? How much would you need in there for December?
2: Probably not as much. Hopefully not as much.
1: Yes. Cause it's like a quiet, like couple weeks.
2: It's a quiet, rather yeah. than six weeks. Right. And plus I would be taking time off at that yes. time too. True.
1: Yes. And so maybe for December, something like $700 or something. Probably something okay. like that. Mm-hmm. So that means over the course of the year, you would be putting like $2,700 into this account and taking it out when you need it. Right. So thinking about this plan, if you were doing this, what would you know about yourself?
2: That I was taking care of myself, taking care of my business and not relying on a credit card or something else to help me out, which is amazing that I was doing this all and moving money around and taking control over a situation that sometimes feels out of control.
1: hmm right. So this would be you proactively taking care of this
2: situation Mm -hmm. and taking control over it
1: taking control. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything about this that could be tricky or that you anticipate might not work?
2: No, I don't think so. I think it's just, it's always being in the mindset of I'm going to work on my money time and Mm -hmm. getting that money time in and looking at all your, all your cookies. I like to call them my little cookies, looking at all my cookies and moving my cookies (laughs) in cookie jars. So cute. (laughs) as long as I can move like I have this cookie I can move this cookie over here and you know and I can do that
1: right okay and so you'll have a a slump cookie jar yep and then when you need it you take the cookies out of it I can take my cookies okay so coming to the end of our time together what are you taking away
2: that I actually do have more control over this than I actually really thought hmm it's so anxiety-based feelings when yeah. it comes to all of this stuff, because you're like, I'm doing it wrong. I know I'm doing it wrong. And you're just having somebody else say, well, think about it differently. Yeah,
1: And I mean, even with the summer, you know, something that you may want to consider is, do you want to be taking time off in the summer or just taking more downtown in the summer, knowing your clients won't be around?
2: And that's what I have been doing. I've been doing my CEUs. I've been taking some, uh, some really great time just to recover from COVID burnout and- <sighs> Yes. And removing a whole bunch of clients. Okay.
1: So there's like also opportunity in this downtime. And especially if the anxiety was removed, I wonder how much more opportunity it would feel like.
2: Right. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, I was the one that went from 52 clients. I was seeing 52 clients in a week.
1: You remember that? That was very memorable. Yes. Yes. And
2: yes. so and now I've got it down to 25. Which is a huge reduction. And like, huge I'm reduction. sure it was no small feat. I think that's another component to it is like when you have all this huge influx of money and then all of a sudden it goes. Whoop.
1: Yes. Yes. And something uh, Donna, maybe a coaching session for us another time would mm-hmm. be about getting your private practice, like really, really rolling. Right. And and commanding yeah. those fees that you know, that people are willing to pay you for the work
2: that you do. But yeah. I'm slowly working on it. I'm getting paneled. I'm yeah. working on all that. So I'm getting there.
1: Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much, Donna, for joining me today.
2: Thank you so much for having me today.
3: something that really sticks out to me in my session with Donna is just how powerful the names or categories that we can put on money can be. So even though she already had a system in place where she was automatically saving, because those savings were kind of vague or emergency savings, It was really hard for her emotionally to be dipping into them, but just by realigning the way that she was thinking about it and recognizing she already had the system and the tools set up, but it's recognizing that actually she does need specific money for the summer slump, how relieving that was and how it removes the emotional weight of having to use that money just by saying, this is a normal thing that happens every year. Every year my clients go away and I have less sessions at these times of year, so I'm building it into my system. I'm naming that my slump money and suddenly... There's no difficulty with taking that money, right? Suddenly, it doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong or you're stealing from somewhere else. It's money that you've intentionally set aside from a problem that you know is going to come up every year, which makes it no longer a problem when we have that intention and we have that solution already in place. Sometimes it's those little tweaks that we can make and also noticing our intention around it, noticing we're already doing so many things around money that can really shift how we feel about our money and how we feel about ourselves in relation to money by taking that time to be with what we're already doing and tweak and tune up the things that we're already doing to suit our needs. If you want to hear more from me, you can check me out on Instagram at Money and Bolts. We share free, practical, and emotion-focused money content on there all the time. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I know I always say this, but it's because I mean it. I would love it if you would take a couple minutes to review it on Apple Podcasts. That is the best way for people to find the podcast. Thanks so much for listening today.